The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him! He's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. Hello and welcome to another edition of Subversive Cinema. It is your host, Art, here to be your purveyor of the peculiar, Sherpa to the strange, and wrangler of the weird, as we look at yet another strange entry into cinema's history, where uh, here at Subversive Cinema we talk about the weird, wacky, and downright wrong, and today is uh, most certainly no exception. It's in fact what I would call a wonderful example of of uh, what you get with uh, what I call the cocaine 80s writing technique. And this is 1988's Death Spa, <laughs> directed by Michael Fisher, written by James Bartroff and Mitch Paradise. And to talk about it, I have returning guest who's always down for punishment, Devin. Devin, <laughs> this is probably one of the, the, uh, the least painful ones I've had you watch, isn't it? 100%. This is the least painful out of all of them. <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk a little. So at Subversive Cinema, we try to break down what makes these movies so different, so unique, and just so alluring, if at all. And it is usually because of the subversive sauce, which is made up of characters, story, and what the fuck. So we will take you on that journey as we look into what makes Death Spa so damn tasty or not. So Devin, had you ever heard of this movie? No. I've never heard of Death Spa in my entire life. And are you glad I made you watch it? No, not really. Uh, we're off to a good start. I love it. I thought I might, like about halfway through, I thought I might. Like, you know, this will just be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what's funny about this movie is I actually kind of remember it at Blockbuster or the local VHS store because it, you know, it's in the, the peak of 80s VHS fever and horror films were all the rage in the VHS market other than porn. And what really was a big selling point and horror had this hands down above any other genre were the covers. So the cover art for this is actually pretty dope. I mean, you got... <laughs> you got Death Spa at the top, and then you have this woman in a unitard working out, and then her face is a skull, and then in the background is the guy who's on the um, the fly machine. He's on fire. He's screaming, and then the tagline is "You'll sweat blood." So it's just it's just such a a memorable cover. I think that that's why I remembered it. It is a really cool cover. I, I, I'll, I'll give it that. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's pretty cool." Yeah. Um, the movie does not do the cover justice. It's all, no, it's all over the place. So, oh, let's look into this. So it, it's a story about unitards, technology run amok, an angry ghost, and a huge liability case. Yes. Man, I would hate to see the books and the, the legal proceedings after this, after the events of this movie. Yeah. Yes. So let's let's get into it, man. It's uh, the, the story is essentially about this health spa called Starbody Health Spa. And we see the title in a fun way in the very beginning as they're dollying down from the Hollywood Hills to the 
facade of the building, lightning strikes, and half of the lights go out so that the only letters left spell out Death Spa. And, of course, there's a fun callback to that at the very end when everything goes to hell in a handbasket. But it tells a story about Michael Evans. He runs this star body health spa with the help of a very, very questionable lawyer, as well as a bunch of buxom employees and his weird, as he says, ex-brother-in-law because his wife killed herself. And yeah, so weird shit starts happening in the spa. People start getting maimed and killed. And we find out that it's because of his ex-wife's angry ghost. And, you know, we're doing a little bit of back and forth. Well, is it or isn't it? Is it supernatural? Is it plausible? At some point, you find out one of his employees has been in cahoots with the lawyer, and they've been doing this shit on purpose. But then all of a sudden, it's a, it's a real angry ghost who's taken over the body of her brother. It, it is complete fucking lunacy. Everywhere. And it ends in a major massacre that uh, at the end, which, of course, as is the fashion of L.A. in general and the 80s and 80s L.A., nobody really pays attention to what's happening right? <laughs> until the last five minutes. So uh, we have a, a huge Rolodex of interesting people that we can talk about. So who would you say uh, was a character that, that caught your eye and why? Okay, first, definitely the ex-brother-in-law, Dave. Yes, Merritt... But Rick is the name of the actor playing David Avery. And uh, you may know him from Star Trek, of all things. He was in Star Trek 2, as well as Star Trek 3, playing a character, again, named David. Oh. Yeah, uh, weird, right? Typecast. It's completely typecast. He uh, came back for uh, an episode of Next Gen, playing to John and... Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember, actually, now that I th think about it, I do remember him. I remember him in that episode. Oh, I, uh, I do not. I do not. And th that was actually the same year he did Death Spa. So anyway, he's been around for a little bit, but he has not done anything since 89. Oh, it's because he died in 89. So that was awkward. Okay. Uh, R.I.P., brother. Now, yeah, that was, oops. Fucker hasn't been getting work. Oh, it's because he's dead. Got it. Got it. Wow. Okay, apologies for the insensitivity there. Did not read that part of IMDb. Scrolled right past it. Yes, he died, right. unfortunately, in March of 1989. So, yes, go on. So what about the brother really uh, piqued your interest? Oh, he was such a, like, like stereotypical techno geek guy, very antisocial, <laughs> uh, just speaking... In like the faintest of some weird accent. Yeah, like, you heard that in the beginning, right? Where it's like, is he supposed to be British or, or is he like some weird European? I don't know what the hell. But he's his diction is a little too much. He's very he's very rigid. I, but nothing about him makes sense. I'm like, well, he's he's obviously evil. Okay, cool. Let's just keep an eye on this guy. Uh, he, very strange um and he was strange throughout got stranger as the movie went on um so i was right to be suspicious of this man yeah. um i would definitely pick him as no, probably my number one um interesting character well especially i like how he handles himself with police by answering questions like this were i interested in a life of crime it would be in computer espionage electronic blackmail and credit card fraud assaulting women isn't my style <laughs> he's just I that's mean... it. 
It's so smug. He's like, yes. And I also kept seeing tinges of like he, he reminded me of a of a low rent fake Jude Law half the time when I saw him. That's an excellent. That's an excellent description of him. Yes. He is Kmart Jude Law. He is Kmart. He's great value up and up Jude Law. <laughs> yeah. I myself was a fan of the odd little British man who had no business being in this gym when you look at the rest of the clientele. His name is Freddie, played by David Shaughnessy, and he is just always trying to pick up on any chick that he can get to pay attention to him. And this is the sort of great line he would throw out while he's struggling on the rowing machine like a crewman from Harvard. Hey! Pop aboard! We're due to make land in a week! He's just the guy who's then he, as she walks away, he struggles <laughs> terribly with his machine. He tries to go bench press or do a military press that's way outside of his range. It's just wonderful. Um, but yeah, I, I think Freddie was a guy where we really could have seen more of. They just threw him in for a little comedic relief throughout. But yeah, he was just this random dude that was just always there, tries too hard. And what's sad to me is, and I literally just watched this, so if I miss this, then clearly this movie did not hold my attention as much as it should. And I've seen this twice now. He just disappears. Yeah. He just fucks right off. We never see him again. For a guy like that, you'd either want to see, well, you wouldn't want, but you'd, you'd see him die in a terrible way to try to pull at your heartstrings because he's like the hapless schlub who you know, you feel bad for, or he narrowly escapes death and then you have somebody to cheer for. But nope, they just yeah. let him go. I would have loved if he kept showing up and then yeah, he kept dodging death. I'm like, I hate this guy, but I'm <laughs> yes. kind of loving him. That he keeps, <laughs> like, they're, do, they're, they're doing a good job. No, he just, he does a couple really terrible, non-funny lines. And then he just, check IMDb, he could also be dead. He might also be a corpse. So that might explain why he just stops showing up in the movie because he, he just disappears. It's strange. Oh, I, I, I am loading the page, so I really hope that that's not the turn of events we get to. <laughs> but while that's happening, oh, he's still alive, luckily be. Okay. So, <laughs> and uh, I don't yeah. understand. I don't understand. I have no clue why. I don't know why he existed in the first place because his lines weren't very funny. He wasn't very interesting. And then he was just gone. They could have just cut every scene he was ever in and nothing would have. I mean, the movie wouldn't have been better because it wouldn't have made it that big of a difference. Look, it, it cocaine 80s. That's it. This cocaine. is cocaine 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, There's uh, so many dance numbers. Well, that's the one thing I'll never understand about 80s jazzercise or whatever the hell it was, aerobics. Yeah. It's like it's literally choreographed dancing, and I just never I never understood it. But any other characters that jumped out to you? Um, so I don't even – the main character, he oh, did not make any sense to me. No. And his, and his random black uh, friend. I don't know if he worked there. Oh, Kevin or... Foree, yes. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned him, that he does work there. Uh, and I, I was happy to see him because that guy is sort of a horror legend. His probably most notable role was in Dawn of the Dead, the original one in 1978. Uh. But he was also in From Beyond, which is a great straight-up Lovecraft story. Uh, from 86, and then he did a couple Rob Zombie movies, the remake of Halloween and Lords of Salem. I mean, he's been around, so... 
I think he was the best actor in the entire movie. He was because he didn't try. He was just there being natural and actually saying, this is how you act. You don't have to, you know, be cartoony. Everybody there was felt like they were all just trying really hard. I mean, good for them. They're in a movie, but you know, maybe they all had cocaine too. I don't know. So, I mean, people are dying and, and, and all of a sudden, the main character and him just started throwing a football around for no goddamn reason. Okay, I, that just—I love the fact that they're like, "Hey, let's have a catch," you know, <laughs> in an office. <laughs> like she almost died. Like she can't see right now, like because she got steam burned. Okay. Hey, you want to catch this football? He's like, "Oh fuck yes, yes." <laughs> I didn't even care about that bitch. I was just waiting for you to pull that football out. So and then they and like they're throwing it. They're like beating at each other like oh dude yeah they're there's you know that's if they were high school buddies that played yeah. football together go long it's a 35 yard catch i was like what <laughs> the fuck is going on we've jumped into the what the fuck section yeah what we did we did i i can't wait to get there because that's where all the fun in this movie really is but yeah, yes that's really... uh mike's mike's bff marvin I agree with you. I don't understand Mike because here he is roaming around. He's the owner of the club, right? And yeah. we don't really know until he brings her home from the hospital that he's dating the chick who gets burned in the beginning, which was random that you, you find that out because he's flirting so hard with every other chick in the building. I was I thought he was laying pipe with all of them. Yeah, I thought the the one there's another uh, character. I don't know what her name is, but she ends up being one of the scoundrels who are trying to cheat him out of. Oh yes, that would be Priscilla. His uh, Priscilla. I guess like a manager or something. The one with the long dark hair. Yeah. I thought they were dating because he always had his hand around yes. her, and they, they were kind of very close. She bought matching costumes with him, like Halloween costumes, or Mardi. I don't know what the hell yeah. they're doing. Um, um, so like, oh. That was a whole other thing about the fact that the entire subsistence of a gym is predicated on how good of a fucking party they throw. But w w whatever. Well, yeah, we can get to that. So I thought I thought that Mike was dating Priscilla, and then all of a sudden he's checking on I don't know what the blonde chick's name uh, Roxanne. I don't know what her name or, is. Uh, Laura. Laura. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. And all of a sudden he's like, I I want you to move in with me. I was like. Wait, what the fuck is going on here? Because <laughs> you just invited these two girls who had gotten steam burned in the shower to come to your office after hours so you can add three months of membership, but you're clearly just going to fuck both of them. They're like, can you handle both of us? And he's like, I can try my best. And I was like, oh, I mean, good for you. I mean, like, do, do your thing. And then all of a sudden he brings Laura home. He's like, I want you to move in with me. And she's like, I'd love to. I'm like, Wait, wait, what the hell is happening with this guy? Um, yeah. <laughs> he makes, he makes, no, and not just his love life, how, how blase he is about his, uh, his dead wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, none, none of it makes it sense. He's like, oh, why is he your uh, ex brother in law? Because my wife is dead. And it just walks away. Yeah, it was like a year ago. It's like, it, I just want to, before we move too far forward, I just want to comment on that one line you mentioned because it was so good that I, I loved it. I'm sorry about the showers. I want to extend your memberships for three months, no charge. Drop by my office and I'll take care of it personally. Do you think you can handle both of us after jazz class tomorrow? Well, I could sure have fun trying. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a corny 80s line and i'm like 
for the time that makes sense but then 10 minutes later you're talking about having this woman move in with you and like okay you're a sleazeball which makes you an unsympathetic character i, I don't understand what their d- d- direction wise yeah. what they're doing with this character it makes no sense to me I would call that the uh, the Zach Morris paradox, where he's supposed to be a likable person, but he's really just complete trash. So uh, yeah, it makes sense. But he doesn't. At least Zach Morris is like handsome. This guy. Well, I guess I guess eighties. This is this guy's eighties handsome, I suppose. He's eighties handsome. I guess he's eighties handsome. Um, <laughs> uh, he's very proud of his chest hair. You know, it, yes. I, I kept noticing his chest hair. Uh, but how do you not? <laughs> It's impossible. It's impossible to ignore it. Um, the paranormal uh, investigator was oh. a very interesting man to me. Yes, Doctor Lido Moray. Uh, Doctor Moray, one hundred percent useless in this movie. Oh, dude! First of all, I love that his introduction is him just spinning a yarn about an item that he already has on the desk as an example of his prowess. When to me, it just feels more like you're just making shit up about the history of this cigarette case. There's no cachet in what you're doing. I thought he was giving the history of the spa at first. And I was like, man, he's very wrong. <laughs> he's like, this isn't, this isn't what's happening really, at all in this. He's so off base. <laughs> um, and I'm like, all right. And then, do you want a cigarette? I'm like, okay, all right, this guy is weird. Everything he... Everything he spit out was uncomfortably false, I guess. I mean, like, yes. I'm like, this guy, this guy sucks. I don't know if it's the writing or his acting. Like, this is really, really bad. I can't wait to see him die because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's only in this movie to get killed by a ghost. Oh, absolutely. He's supposed to be the, the professional. And then this is uh, what you get is this guy by the way this is what he's he's kind of like what i've just demonstrated is called psychometry the ability to acquire while in contact with an object paranormal knowledge of its history or facts about its present or previous owners and blah 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 blah, so on and so forth but psychometry my ball sack it's just yeah, psychometry I, I, okay cool yeah. that's when i knew i was going to see a ghost Yes. Well, he showed up. I was like, okay, this is not just a computer hacker guy who is now going to just killing people with his computers. I'm going to see a ghost. That ghost is going to kill this man. It's going to be terrible graphics. Probably okay for the time, but but I'm going going to enjoy it. Yeah. And that's when I knew. And you were not wrong. I like that uh, you know, he pulls a gun and uh, his hand explodes and that's after he's getting thrown into the ceiling. And then getting thrown down the mail conveyor belt. It's crazy. Okay, fuck it. You know what? Let's just get in. So, story, let's just hammer this out. Did this make any sense to you at all? No. The fact that this woman burned herself because she couldn't walk after a failed delivery of their son. Uh, so, she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to kill myself. So, she lights herself on fire. And uh, and then she decides to come back after her husband. It, it just, okay. And then does all this. So, she feels the way to get to her husband's heart is to kill everybody else, right? Yeah. So, okay. Her killing herself, I didn't actually have that much of a problem with. Obviously, the delivery didn't go, it did not go well. Um, and she became paralyzed from it. You've got the depression of that, postpartum with it, all that mixed together. Her taking her own life was not outside of the realm of possibility. I'm like, man, that, that could have been sure. really a meaningful and sad and given it some kind of some kind of depth to it. But yeah. it just was so 
they kept having him have these weird nightmares of this burning body. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yes. And then they'd have a picture of the wheelchair and they would burst into flames. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then you finally find that she killed herself, but it's too late for me to give a shit because everything's too weird. Yes. If they had started with this very sad thing and him trying to get past that and then like start this gym and start a new life, and you're like, okay, even if it was everything was kind of hokey after that, you'd start with a foundation of some kind of thing that you made you give a shit. Again, it is cocaine filled 80s horror movie, so I'm not going to expect all that, obviously. But right. Um, so he, 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 he owns this gym, um, and it's all about parties and they have these, everything is controlled by this main computer and that's the big draw. You know, the, the, you know everything's all automated and it's, it, and it's, it, it's crazy. They'll up the weight when you need it to all this crazy stuff and things are going bad. And he's like, we should shut this down and make it manual. And the lawyer says, no, 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 no one's going to come here. If you make it manual, that's the big draw. You know, like, yeah, man, like someone got steamed, but what got like hit with a bunch of chemicals. And this guy got his like ribs ripped out because of a of a fly machine. Well, yeah, the fly machine, it just it it went haywire, put too much weight on and spent it, it spatchcocked him, I guess. Yeah, that's not how a fly machine works, by the way. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I dude, that was by the way, that was not a fly machine. That was like a couple pieces of railing that they screwed together with cord yeah. running into every this movie's funny because this is probably again a what the fuck, but it's funny because there's enough production value that you hopefully would miss the other shit, but then all the props are clearly made by, you know, the production company to like act as something else. You know, the vents in the beginning were actually pieces of plywood with PVC piping that was just spray painted. You can see uh. the wood screws in it. You know, the half the machines don't look legitimate. It, it's whatever. It's it's really bad. So, so all these people are dying, and they're still going to go on with this with this uh, Mardi Gras party. Um, but they have two police officers who who show up, and they're very they're trying to investigate. They're doing a terrible job. They don't shut anything down. They don't really investigate. They uh, they like, hey, can we dust for some prints? Nothing's nothing's quarantined. Nothing's roped off. No one's really investigated. They have a couple one-liners to be like oh that's that's the hard-ass cop right there yeah and then they tail him once i think it it, it, it makes no sense no uh, it makes zero sense again it's cocaine logic you know you got these guys sitting at a typewriter in the middle of hollywood just snorting the lines and thinking the cops should say this oh that's great that's exactly what cops do and then yeah. you get this movie all right so the story it, it was nonsense it's crazy but because of this, we do get also wonderful lines. Again, this is another from Mike. This is my other favorite line in this movie before we move on to WTF. Mark, I think you know you need, you need medical attention. Just watch yourself. Or you're going to need medical attention. Oh, straight fire. <laughs> I actually like that line. <laughs> that you was... <laughs> Because his the the, the Dave, David's line was so stupid, yeah. That he smacks his papers out of his hand, and he's like, he throws that line. You're gonna need milk attention. I was like, you know what, you know what, this is the best line I've heard so far. You know what, B minus. 
yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I took that. I was like, all right, you know, I, I saw, it, it, at least it made sense. He was trying to be intimidating. He got up in his face. Uh, it wasn't just some kind of hokey thing. I mean, it was hokey, but it, in terms of everything else, it was the least hokey thing I'd heard so far. Yes. I was like, okay. I think the last thing actually I mentioned on story that uh, kind of like you, I feel like there was something, there was something missing that there was missed opportunities. I probably would have felt better seeing, even though I know this is not a high budget movie, but it would have been great if we could have had just an additional 10 minutes of time in the beginning where we actually see like what you're saying, you know, the wife's, the, the, how that death affected him as well as seeing what this place looks like when it's running well. You know, we come out the gate and it's all fucked up and then they have to essentially retcon what we've seen by saying, no, no, trust us, it's really a good place. This computer's amazing. (laughs) You haven't seen it work, but you have to trust us. It does work. You know, I think that was a problem is we didn't get to see any of that. Yeah, so not only is the computer system killing people, there's also a ghost, his dead wife's ghost, who is also killing people. And... She finally reveals herself. She wants him, Mike, to burn himself alive, and if so, she, they could be together in hell. They could be so they could be together in hell. Not a strong cell. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a bit of a hard cell. You're coming on a little strong, so you know maybe dial it back. I don't really like Lara that much. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like she's in a tan. Like, like she puts the the Laura the ghost puts. I'm sorry, the, the Catherine the ghost yeah, puts Catherine Laura in a tan in bed and like cranks it up and it's starting to. You see her skin bubble, starting to burn her skin, and she's like, "If you want to save her, you kill yourself, or I'm going to kill everyone." And he's like, "Fine, I'll do it." And she freaks out. You love her enough to kill yourself. And then he doesn't do it. He just goes and gets <laughs> Lara. He doesn't even try to kill himself, which makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> and then <clears throat> everyone's still dancing. All this crazy shit is happening. Like he's confronted the ghost. He's now he is now trying to break into the team. Oh, he's yeah. He jumped through the window. Yeah, he could have. Nobody cares. <laughs> I thought he was going to kick the door. No, he jumps through the glass window. <laughs> Everyone keeps dancing. He starts. Br- destroying the equipment uh he starts ripping oh he 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 takes his shoes off hooks these wires to his shoes and then completes the circuit to blow the system up yeah i don't understand what the fuck that means um (laughs) and it starts to kill the ghost it starts to burn because she's possessed her brother because they were twins and she's possessed him and now she's taken over his weak body but but mike tying wires to his shoes and putting his shoes together overloads the, the, the system sets it on fire burns her up they go and they see the dead body and <laughs> my absolute favorite scene in the entire thing they're standing over her burnt body Oh yes. and, she, and she reaches up to grab Laura and Mike just grabs and rips her arm off <laughs> And the detective just shoots it in the head like eight times and it slumps to the ground. And also, just to add on to what you're saying, which is how utterly ridiculous of a quote-unquote climax, I guess this is, that they felt the compulsion to have to explain what we've already seen happen on camera a few times, which is that the she takes over the twin's body. But yeah, we end up with this this awesome bit. What the hell happened? 
Catherine. She took over David's body. Thank God you're all right. <laughs> then Marvin just shows up out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. he had been thrown through a window in his genie costume. Yeah, he looked and nobody great, cared. Nobody cared at all that well, Marvin. A couple people went to go see how Marvin's doing. One guy I noticed never put down his cup as he was checking on Marvin. I was like, he's just holding his cup. <laughs> wow. So you noticed more than I did because I felt like when he got thrown through the window, just like with most of them, that. It's just people turn, look for a second, and then they just go back to their 80s dance. Well, they did go, they did shortly after, because he's like, well, I got this full cup. Yeah. <laughs> I better get 80s dance. And, I, you know, I'm like, I, I, I have all this cocaine in my system. I can't let this go to waste. Marvin, he'll be fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. It, and then it, at the very end, I don't exactly know how the movie ends, because Mike leaves a lot of people die because uh, Catherine had locked the doors. Um, but then you hear sirens, like either the police, the fire department's going to be there. So you assume they'll break the door. People are going to get saved. But it goes back to the Catherine's burnt and shot body. And it's like, and she just pops up and says, nice try, Mike. And you're like, oh, okay, well, she's going to come and start haunting him again. But then she starts convulsing and her eyeball blurts and then she collapses and then the movie ends oh yeah it's it's a great ending that just gives you a fun visual outro <laughs> i don't understand what the hell that scene was doing because Again, cocaine man that's what it was <laughs> I've seen, I, 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 they're trying to do this jump scare and like, oh, she's back. Like, oh, it's still happening. Yeah, it's like the but end of then, Friday the 13th, yeah. But then her eye explodes. I don't know why her eye exploding would kill this burnt, shot up uh, it's, corpse, corpse it, woman. It, it, no, you don't even try. Oh, am I overthinking? Yeah, am you I are overthinking, overthinking death, spa? death Spa, my I'm friend. I'm overthinking Death Spa. It's my apologies. But I, I'll tell you something that definitely deserves to be overthought is <laughs> the fact that they they played it so serious when Mark brings home his girlfriend, Laura, and she's got those fucking eye patches, and he's walking her around his house, which is the most dangerous place for a person without sight, because there's no railings, there's sudden drops, and... A lot of steps. But they play, like, as if everything's normal with her, and then they're having a romantic dinner, and then he's trying... Since when has asparagus been a sexy food? Oh, my God. I was <laughs> waiting for the what's just the fuck sitting there scenario. with her fucking eye patches. It's... It's because so... it's it's a very overly sensual scene. It, it, it's yeah. no business being that sensual. He's like kissing her neck, and she's like, "Oh, I might never take these off because I can't. I don't know when your kisses are coming." Yeah. And then he slow feeds her one stalk of asparagus, and I laughed out loud. I was like, asparagus? <laughs> you you have all the food in the world in your budget, and you went to your fridge and goes. Oh, that asparagus looks limp as fuck. Yeah. Guys, I don't want to throw it away. I don't compost. Let's just add it to the scene. Goes, no, we have these bananas. We have like these strawberries. Fuck that. 
we're this is new age cocaine business. We're gonna feed her one limp stalk of asparagus. Yes, and it was it was pretty great. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I did. That was that was wonderful. Also, was a fan of the basement acid bath. Oh, yeah, not because of the fact that it was this random acid bath that kills this chick, right? But it's the fact that. Later on that night, when Dr. Moray goes through the basement looking, and then he happens upon her body, and then we find out she's still alive. Her still heart's alive. beating through her caved in chest, and she's just groaning. I was like, it's, it's been like six hours, I think. I'm yeah. going to give it like six hours that you've had all of your skin burn off. Your heart is literally exposed to the world, and you're just going, eh. no, there's, this makes no goddamn sense. None of it makes sense. Like every, every death is dumb. Um, most of them are just reasons to show breasts. That reminds, yeah, that's true. I was going to say, I, I almost, almost put gratuitous nudity as one of the four items of what the story was about. But I didn't because it happens in the beginning, partway about a third or a halfway, and then it never happens again. But it's, that it's, was a big shower much. scene that they threw in just to say, hey, how much gratuitous nudity of these women just showering can we show before we decide to use hydraulic tiles to attack them? <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it was more nudity, nudity than I thought it was going to be, but not um, not as much uh, as you also... quantity. Yeah, not as much as I not, not as much as I needed. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. not enough to save the movie. <laughs> I see, not enough to save it and make it worth it. <laughs> yeah. Talking about deaths, I, I want to talk about favorite deaths, and I will say that my favorite because it is so random, sudden, and seemingly unmotivated, and on the face because of how it's shot and edited. It's so quick that it takes you a little bit to realize what's happening. It's during the party when the blonde chick goes in, I believe that that's with a lawyer, into the sauna, and she starts making out with him, and all of a sudden, his face splits open, his brains fall to the floor, she screams. Yeah. And then it's not till she backs away, and then parts of the wall start peeling off, you realize, oh, it's a shaft of wood. It's part of the wall that blew through the back of his head. Oh. Is that I, is that what happened? I did not know. It is. And also it helps because I'm scrubbing through frame by frame because they show it on camera like the actual part of the gore is half of a second. So the actual shot of the of the mannequin's head breaking open is half of a second. And then they show it again for another half of a second. So it, it, you have to look very, very quickly. But it, uh, that was one of those where it was so over the top and so badly done and just so... Over the overzealous with the gore, it was just ridiculous. That was another one where it was just an excuse to be in the sauna and show a pair of breasts. Yeah, and hey, this guy existed. Hey, let's kill him. My favorite death that made well, there's a few of them, but there was one, um, uh, a black uh, lady. Oh, the one in the locker. Yeah, she was in the locker alone, and she was clothed. She had a bra and panties on, so it wasn't just for a gratuitous nudity. But all of a sudden, all the locker doors start slamming and slamming and slamming. And I was like, okay. There it is. It's like it's almost making a beat. 
yeah, man, it didn't sound bad. And then <laughs> something, I don't even know what it was, just shot through the back of her neck and through the front of her neck. I don't know what it was. I have no idea either. It's like this weird spear. Now, they show one time, and this is, I, I only noticed this because this is the second time I saw the movie to refresh myself. One time earlier in the scene before she walks in, you see somebody taking something off the hanger inside and then push the hanger back in. So apparently these lockers have a retractable bar that pops out that you can hang stuff. So that, but for some reason, this bar that gets her has a point. Oh. Like, like the end of a spear or something. Yeah, that's so real stupid. That doesn't make sense, but suffice to say, we, we end up with this. Like yeah. that long echo. <laughs> but it was your favorite? Her death was my favorite because Laura, who who had got in the very first scene, had gotten burned and she couldn't see. Uh, Mike has brought her back to the gym <laughs> so she can get her things. Yes. Because he invited her over to live with him. And she's like, on one condition, you take me back to the gym to get my things. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. So <clears throat> they go back to the gym and she's locker 22, but she still has her eye uh the galls over her eyes so she can't see and, he, and mike leaves her there even though people have died well she gotten assaulted someone else has been hurt there's an investigation on them he's like it's fine i'm gonna leave you here i have to go to the master control system to unlock your locker that doesn't make any sense but okay <laughs> so he goes back and you see that he has to, the master password is catherine his dead wife which unlocks the locker she she opens it up and she starts reaching around she can't see but in that locker is the black girl's dead body for no reason <laughs> but since she can't see she just doesn't see it ignores it moves out and then they never mention it again <laughs> never and on top of that what's really weird to me is she gets stabbed through the neck right that's all we see yeah but then all of a sudden, half of her face is like ripped off. I saw that. Yeah, half her face so is a mess. Why? Like, what? Uh, the ghost was pretty. The, the ghost was a bitch, though. She was pretty rude. That's true. So, I don't know. She probably clawed at her a bit. And then, I mean, or it got caught on something trying to cram her into a locker. I mean, it was a pretty small locker. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe caught in the catch, pulled the lip. Like a, like, a, like a fish hook and then. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know, then you get the. Rigor is a bitch, man. Don't don't even worry about it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so many what the fuck moments oh, in this movie. There's a giant one. I I will give them this, that for better or for worse, this movie I won't say mastered it, but they did very well with the art of the callback. You know where they would have something in the beginning, and then it would have like so the sign was an example of the callback. Yes. And another example is the woman who works the juice bar who almost gets her hand caught in the blender in the beginning and then towards the end with Lieutenant Fletcher, she gets her hand caught in this blender and it goes on for way too long where she's writhing with the blender going with her and it's unplugged. And... I actually like that scene because he's yelling, what the fuck is going on? This thing is unplugged. I don't understand. So at least it, it 
what his reaction kind of made sense. The blender going crazy didn't make any sense, but him being like, what the hell? This is unplugged. Why is it still going on? And he's trying to pull it and it's not going. He's like, what is happening? And he's screaming for help. And I was like, I kind of believe this scene. Everyone is still dancing, by the way. Everyone, no one hears them. Oh no, when she's dead and she's done, he looks up over and because there's no booze, people are just near the door on the other side of the room outside. No one looked around. And yeah, here's no. my question. How do you miss this happening in a party? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> a wise man once said, Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Oh, you know what? And that is the best way to sum up this thing. So let's 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 answer the really important question here, my friend. How subversive was this piece? Oh, this this man. this little bit of cocaine cowboy rigmarole. <laughs> I'm going to give it a, a, a solid seven and a half. I okay. <laughs> I was so confused, and then just. I, I I laughed through half of it. I was angry at most of it. Um, I, I just thought that this was so poorly done that I, I went through it being like, man, why? What, what is the 80s? What the fuck is the 80s? <laughs> this saw the light of day. Um, VHS and cocaine. I, I guess. I they even mentioned VHS and Betamax at one point. Because I'm Betamax, you're VHS. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it, it hurt that lady's feelings. I think she was trying to pick him up, and I think he was saying he's in the guys. That's what I think he's saying. It's like, oh, I'm because oh. she. I think that's what that is. I think that actually makes sense. That actually makes sense. Okay. I, you know, I'm going to agree and say that there's enough crazy, weird turns that I'll go. I'll go with your seven on this. I I left it not angry at it, but kind of frustrated with this movie. <laughs> I was pretty frustrated with it. Uh, it. Because they they weren't trying to make a bad movie. Right. One thing, if you were trying to make a bad movie, um, I kind of get it. But you screwed up so many times. And so many people had to check a box to say, put that in. Oh, yeah, that's great. Editing happened. They said that scene belongs in this movie. I was like, this, the football throwing scene needed to be cut. The weird high five needed to be cut. Um, yes. 87% <laughs> of the dialogue needed to be cut. It was, it, it was out of this world, man. It was crazy. Well, what I'll say is. <laughs> I don't disagree. If you want to check out the insanity and the nonsensical <laughs> movie that we just talked about, you can find 1988's Death Spa on Plex, Tubi, and if you want to uh, shell out some cash, you can buy or rent it on Prime Video. <laughs> Not sure if you'd want to do that, though. Uh, Devin, is there anything you would like to share with the folks before I let you go? No. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. No. 
uh, everybody, you uh, you can find Devin again later this season towards the end when we talk about Thanks Killing Three. So we're very excited yes. to revisit that piece uh, so in the series. So, but man, it's been a pleasure, Devin. Thank you for putting yourself through this at my behest. As always, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Thanks for having me. I had quote unquote fun. With that, everybody, check out the movie. See if you, too, can have some quote-unquote fun. And until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and leave us a rating and a review. Visit SubversiveCinemaPodcast.com for more information and to become a patron on our Patreon. Find out about bonus materials and patron-exclusive merch. Subversive Cinema.